Howdy, everybody. This is another episode of the Comet's Tale podcast with Ty and Caitlin. And we have been incubating and marinating well and good for this podcast. We've been having tapas, y vino, and we've been <laughs> making libations to Dionysus, and we, we, we've lived, we've laughed, we've cried, we got a shot, and we had many, many epiphanies. That's a Gwyneth Paltrowism. Um, yeah, well, which is all appropriate because... Uh, we are having a conversation today on the topic of pleasure, of feeling good, feeling fine, um, and we're going to get into it. Um, and we're going to jump in. Mm-hmm. The media uh, for this week was not a film, as it has been in most weeks, but rather a short essay by um, the scholar, activist, thinker, human, Audre Lorde. Um, and it's from a book I think of hers called, I actually don't know the name of the book, but the name of the essay is The Uses of the Erotic, um, which thinks generally about pleasure. I think this essay was written in maybe 19, the 80s. Is a book called Sexualities and Communication? That might be it, yeah. Okay. Um, in any case, so I thought it'd be a nice kind of segue into this topic more generally. Um. There's a lot to get into. I guess one thought I had or question I had to begin with was a general one, which is how would you define pleasure for yourself, maybe in light of this article or or not, just in general? Well, I think something that isn't explicitly stated in this essay, um, and kind of we've been talking about this privately too, is like... I think pleasure requires presence. Mm. You Something, I don't think things can be properly pleasurable or erotic, as she states in the essay, unless you're present within yourself in the sensuality of your body. Mm-hmm. Be, and, not, and not in, like, it's not a sexual way. It's, like, just a sensual way of, like, pleasure comes from the outside i i think that that Mm. maybe not all the time but like you have to be in your body to be have the have access to pleasure right you have to be connected with your current reality to be having a pleasurable experience i think actually she says kind of the opposite technically i think she says it comes from the inside out Right, but well, exactly as you say, though, like it's it's, it's about a, a state of presence to start off with. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess one thought is also that it's a choice. She seems to be saying so. This essay is pretty political. Um, she's writing from the perspective of like a kind of like a black lesbian feminist perspective. Um, I think like following kind of at the tail end of like second wave feminism, and. And within that, you know, she's thinking of pleasure was something political for that reason, or that's the standpoint from which she's writing from, saying that, in this case, women um, can most fully exercise their agency, um, can most fully sort of individuate and become self-possessed by actually owning up to their pleasure. Um, And by, yeah, creating a kind of self-referential understanding or kind of uh, definition of what pleasure is for oneself personally. Um, I don't know. I was as I was reading this text, and I'd read it a couple of times before. Um, I found myself though, like as I was reading through it, feeling a sense of pleasure or a sense of, uh, I guess, relaxation in reading it. Uh, simply by taking some time to pause and say that, oh, pleasure just requires pause, actually, and maybe that's also part of presence, but it actually requires taking some time separate from other things to say I'm going to turn off from the things that usually bring me concern worry hurt angst etc and I'm actually going to choose to feel good on purpose that seems to be a part of pleasure also not all the time but this really like like politically charged potent pleasure is a a real deliberate choice she seems to be saying in the text It reminds me of a quote I saw recently, and it's, it doesn't, like, this is, you know, part of 
revolutionary politics and stuff, but just the act of like joy. Mm. And there's an idea in, you know, current and past politics and current like activism, like literally the terminology, like pleasure activism Mm. of like, I mean, I mean, I might be speaking on a turn, but basically it's just like doing things that feel good for the fuck of it regardless and that's a source of power and joy mm-hmm. like just being like <laughs> for example <laughs> like i don't actually give a fuck that uh i'm gonna be you know adding to my credit card debt. it's gonna feel fucking good mm-hmm. and i'm gonna use this fake money and i'm gonna have a good time mm-hmm. like and that is a revolutionary and political thing to do of like doing things saying basically just saying fuck it and being like probably fuck uh, (laughs) probably fuck Um, (laughs) yeah but i don't know i just am reminded of that a lot of like actually some of the most revolutionary work doesn't come or like it of course it comes from like fighting in the streets and being like clear about what is needed in society but it also comes from saying "Mm, fuck it i'm gonna do what's best for me Mm-hmm. in this situation and that might mean just having a charcuterie board and drinking wine with my mm-hmm. friends or mm-hmm. like seizing the motherfucking day mm-hmm. it's there totally yeah i think that also that's part of what i was thinking about coming into this was money and because like precisely because pleasure is so powerful like if you can somehow wrap money into that and sell that to someone or um tell a public that pleasure can only be sold to you that's a really amazing great way to like get power over people right also and and i i was thinking about like also this tiktok that i think i had sent you which was on the topic of like overconsumption. um there <laughs> i think the brand is called timu maybe which is yep. like sheen but it's like just some stuff more generally so it's not like she does like fast fashion right but i think timu is like everything everything like home good products mostly just like yeah kind of like quote-unquote life improvement products uh, that you really do not need and there was this tiktok i had come across um and i think it was actually a, a criticism it was like a stitch of like the original tiktok of this person in their home, like, saying, oh, this is what I like to do after a day of work. I opened my cupboard to my 25 tumbler, um, I don't forget what they're called, but, like, the, the big thermos. Stanley cups? Stanleys, yeah. I have 25 Stanleys in every color, and then I make a, a beverage from my, like, pod-based soda stream, whatever, and then I take a bath, and I put 25 Wait, bath oh, salts in here. pause for a second? Fuck the pods. <laughs> We need a shirt of that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I take a bath with my 25 bath salts, and I put on this, like... Well, guilty, but... Well... On that one. It's okay. On that it's account. A... <laughs> it's the combination. But... And, and I say again, fuck the pot. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wear my face mask, my LED light face mask, and then I... The fucking... <laughs> with some fucking iRobot shit now that's mm. just like and this is supposed to make me pretty and then I use my rose toy XL <laughs> <laughs> my, my five colors of rose toys my whole bouquet <laughs> um, anyway the point being in this t- <laughs> the point being in this TikTok um, the person was critiquing it saying like uh, you don't need all this stuff like a, this is, like, from an environmental point of view, like, really wasteful. B, like, you know, we're just contributing to the kind of capitalist monster that is out there, like, when we're kind of just um, dicing up every need that we might have. <laughs> oh, speaking of useless goods. Useless but pleasurable goods, acrylic nails. Um, anyway, but that we're just kind of throwing money at this, like, insatiable capitalist monster when, in fact we could just like have a nice night in with a fraction of those things or maybe none of those things with just some friends and some food and you know a movie or something right uh 
And then I saw this person made a response to this stitch saying, okay, well, whatever, but like not, not that I feel like I need to defend myself. However, this is what I do to feel good. Like it matters to me and my family that we have, we have a nice, <laughs> yeah, that we have a nice good time at home. And I was like, okay, that's also fair. Like, you know, like you deserve to feel good. You deserve to have pleasure. But then I think the people in the comments like came back in a really nice nuanced way saying like, fair, like you do need to feel good. Like it's important to have a great time. However, this also coexists with like overconsumption and your route or like your conduit to pleasure is being facilitated by stuff Mm -hmm. instead of, and what was not said, but what like I'm gathering here now is like, again, like pleasure is inner. It's something that's cultivated or it has its foundations or its roots in the self um it's not from stuff outside you um and i think that's that's also some sort of distinction maybe in like starting to build a definition of pleasure is like i don't know maybe novelty or fun we could describe as kind of the outer or what like originates in the outer but pleasure really has its roots and again starts like inwardly and it's really about i don't know perception and an attitude and a feeling that you cultivate well, quite literally, too, there are, I mean, we have basically receptors in our brain that are sensitive or desensitized to dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, all this stuff that, like, we get to a certain level of, like, oversaturation or, like, Basically, the the balancing of the chemicals is, like, literally an internal process. Mm. And so, like, learning how to... Alchemize that. Alchemize that or hack that in a way... I don't want to say hack. That seems too, like, productive... Mm. Productivist. Mm -hmm. But, like... Cultivate that. Cultivate that of, like... We live in a... We're we're human bodies that (laughs) haven't... (laughs) haven't evolved since thousands of years ago and we have been we're like little rats in a cocaine cage that's just like (laughs) scroll 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 give a cave woman a rose toy (laughs) wow wow (laughs) yeah and so like um recognizing pleasure as like it is literally internal because it's literally chemicals however there are, you know, obviously life circumstances that coexist with that. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're spoiled. Like, as humans, we're, like, very fragile and spoiled and learning how to maximize that and, like I said, kind of rewire our dopamine receptors or serotonin receptors or, like, any of those is, like, I think going to be the most like important mm-hmm. scientific thing of this next mm-hmm. probably in the next 30 years because huh. you see so many people with ADHD you see so many people getting diagnosed with autism you see so many people that like the chemicals are wrong like mm-hmm. the chemicals are not they're out of balance like me personally I have PCOS that's a hormone thing but that's still chemicals too like we're yeah. we as humans have been absolutely fucked chemically and like we self-medicate we you know smoke we have to smoke weed to go to bed we have to like vape all the time use our rose (laughs) (laughs) rose toy (laughs) please sponsor us (laughs) we we instrumentalize pleasure yeah right um to just fucking get through Mm -hmm. and so I don't know. I just think that that's another kind of that's that's the political conversation of this generation is why are you laughing at this? <laughs> I'm not laughing at this. I'm just laughing at the situation. <laughs> oh no. He's gone too far. Um He got yeah. he got to the bottom of that Snoop Dogg wine and was like, "Chat, we gone." <laughs> There's more than a wine in there. I mean, it is Snoop Dogg's wine. I mean, 
There's a little something else in there, I think. It's not Martha's shard. Let, <laughs> let me be very clear. It's not Martha's shard. I think that's a really interesting, like, astute take that I hadn't even really thought of that. Like, that... But totally, like, you know, what the technology that's kind of um, out of our hands, if we might want to use those terms, is, like, our attention and, like, our neurochemicals, like... And I think it's almost inevitable that that's the case just because of, like, the technological circumstances that we live within. Unless you're really someone who's, like, off the grid and is not participating in that. But that's becoming, even if you wanted to do that, that's becoming increasingly less possible. Um, I wanted also to say, actually kind of following our previous episode on on death, like, from... Pleasure is often, like, placed in distinction from... I guess, pain or death. Um, and, you know, if you're looking at, like, the etymology of eros or eroticism, it means kind of life production, basically. And Freud was someone who picked up on this by saying, sort of in, like, the first half of his career, he, he was, you know, really interested in how people suppress their pleasure or how life was made possible because of pleasure and because of um, the search for somehow you know, procreating in either kind of, uh, you know, ways, <laughs> Ooh, that's a good little stimmy ASMR, <laughs> uh, pursuing like life production in kind of either sanctioned ways and also for him more interestingly, like in more perverse kind of hidden ways. But then towards the second part of his career and kind of with the onset of World War II and also with his own aging, he thought about death and actually death is like the other half of this equation so thanatos in opposition to eros um or maybe not even in, in opposition but as the kind of other face of this thing and so eros thanatos is kind of one singular complex for him and i think this is also one thing i was thinking about with respect to this video actually as well was like we seem to want eros without thanatos and that's kind of the current paradigm or the modern paradigm is like we can feel good without and we can nip in the bud or like cut out the kind of the challenge of that or the thorny bits of that right and i think pleasure is also like true pleasure it really is very much like related to and, and like co-present with thorny thanatos right um which isn't just death but it's just kind of i don't know struggle or like shadow or some kind of some sort of counterweight to just the kind of yes 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 right um but it's a righteous kind of that where it's like i don't know it, it's somehow it's just the other face of this i guess and i think this is something that's really that's a problem that we've we've like um absented this or kind of disappeared this that other facet of eros and, and pleasure therein mm. by saying no, like this is the kind of the, the myth or like the, the illusion we've been sold is it's really possible to feel good all the time without feeling not good. It's like that clip that Riley sends us all the time of Kramer and he's like from uh, Seinfeld. And he's like, it's here's the feeling good all the time or whatever. <laughs> that's what reminds me. That's what that reminds me of. And also Bo Burnham. <laughs> a little bit of everything all of the time <laughs> that's great Are you familiar? Yeah. no but i like that a little bit of everything all the time all on mambo number five it's, it's different <laughs> okay i'll show you i'll change your life here in about 40 minutes all right hell yeah okay and um okay <laughs> um yeah i don't know Do you think, do you think there is currently a cultural shift towards trying to re reinclude the Thanatos into mm, our heroes? That's a great question. Well, I think for one, people are like truly fed up and like a good chunk of people are like really fed up and like not subscribe to like the heroes without Thanatos paradigm. I mean, i.e. this stitch where people are like, what the fuck? Like, you're just on this, like, endless pleasure train? Like, 
bro, like, on this money-centric, neoliberal, belittled, endless pleasure train that's so impotent. Capitalistic. Is, yeah. Like, freaking Stanley Cup. <laughs> Stanley Cup uh, sponsored. Yeah. K Cup wasteland. Mm-hmm. The Rose Toy Express. <laughs> if you fucking say Rose Toy again. I will stop. <laughs> You ain't even, you can't even use one. <laughs> well, um, well, it's called a rosebud you... toy. <laughs> um, we're going to censor that. No, um, well, uncensored, I th- untamed and uncut. <laughs> I'm going to bite my tongue. Um, <laughs> I think people, a lot of people are really off the train of like the, the Eros without Thanatos track. However, it's like, how do we then reincorporate Thanatos? Bring back professional mourners. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. I would agree. (laughs) Like, we need... Okay, not... This woman's work. This woman's work. Not death front and center, but... Like we were saying, like, it is... We need to be mourning collectively. Mm-hmm. Literally. Mm-hmm. Because when it happens behind closed doors and you're alone, it becomes isolating it, and it becomes a vicious cycle of when you feel alone and the the dark feelings come, the yeah. wolves, they come at night. <laughs> when that is happening alone, it harms the psyche yes because and it just perpetuates the mental illness it perpetuates the just general like doesn't have to be mental illness just the general bad thing that you're going through and it's the same thing with like therapy like we're built to fucking carry each other through shit Mm -hmm. that's literally what our physiology like our physiology and our mental fortitude is for is to be there for each other and to fucking and i'm gonna talk about yesterday again i was having a fucking hard day because my car was shitting out on me and i happened to have a friend there for me who was able to be like i'm so sorry this is sucking for you right now but let's just chill for a second and she took me out of the cycle of fuck my car fuck all of this shit i'm so pissed i'm so tired of being broke i'm so tired of like not having like being literally scared of the outcome of this and like Mm. feeling so powerless and powerless in that feeling of like i just don't even want to fucking deal with this Mm -hmm. like and i'm gonna i usually would have to deal with this alone and she took me out of that yeah and that's what needs to be happening for everybody Mm -hmm. it just is the healthiest most physiologically sound thing that we can do for each other as humans yes I think that's such a, again, a very astute observation here. Like, also, like, if we're talking about the kind of neoliberal powers that be, it's like, that's the other half of the equation. Like, minimize pleasure by making it individual and putting a price tag on it. And also maximize suffering and maximize pain by making it individual. And therefore taking you away from, like, the kind of collective support and buffer of, like actually somaticizing that pain like the natural pain and also making pain or difficulty unnatural we've made it in so many ways death writ large not just i mean i don't just mean death but just kind of like the no maybe the universal no in contrast to the universal yes we've Mm -hmm. really put a bad light on that and i mean i think that that aspect of like collective mourning that's um there's a couple situations I'm thinking of actually. One is actually this, and this was uh, something else that was coming to mind was like um, the AIDS um, epidemic at when it was at its height, like in the kind of eighties and nineties. Um, one facet of that was like, okay, well, pleasure became very political because it meant you could die, um, but then also grieving and like collective mourning became somewhat in a lot of cases off the table because it was like, you know, being gay, being queer was not anywhere near as 
okay as it is today and so i'm not going to show up for my family member's funeral i'm going to bear my my loved one's partner from visiting this funeral also right um and that was a very damaging event for that reason right not just simply because of like the calamity of that but also the fact that grievance was put off the table um I mean, yeah, also on this topic, though, like, what do you think it means or what could it look like to grieve or mourn collectively? Like, another example, if you want to speak to it, or something else is, like, the pandemic, for example. Like, we've all yeah. grieved the loss of that, I'm sure, in different ways, but there hasn't really been, like, a formal collective commemoration of that. But, I mean, yeah, what also could it mean to grieve collectively? Well, I think it starts with the recognition that it's necessary mm -hmm. because you can't put someone in a room with that happening who doesn't want to be there because that will just I mean that'll just change the energy it has to be an energy and intentionality behind it of like bitch we're crying yeah. like we're gonna do what we need to do and like I've, I've had, you know, experiences of this, like, <laughs> like, um, I don't know if I've, a few times really of just like, you put, you put your music on, you drink and you cry and like, that's, mm -hmm. and, and you do that together. That's not, a, that's not a thing that I'm doing alone or whatever, but like, that's a collect, I mean, that's that's kind of the modern example of what we have to go off of, of like, we're playing music and we're crying and, and we're farting. singing <laughs> and, <laughs> and farting. Um, but that's, that's a start, you know? And like, there, there are multitudes of things that it could look like, like yeah. collective doesn't mean everybody, everybody collective just means like more than just you. You know, like sharing in that pain, and like mm. I'm reminded of that scene from Midsummer where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, we well, okay, spoilers ahead, yeah, we made your boyfriend fuck this girl. Sorry, mm. like that's what needed to happen, and we'll cry with you about it. Like we'll like right. we'll we'll extricate this pain with you, and Extract, in that yeah. and in that is like that. Yeah. I don't know i just mm. feel like it also when you can see your sadness mirrored in someone else or you, you can see it in the people around you you feel better mm -hmm. you just like will be like okay i'm not alone i'm not isolated and therefore i'm suffering less yeah totally i mean i feel like these these two kind of paradigms um or this two-in-one paradigm, it's one, like, phrase that's ringing in my mind is, like, the duality of non-duality and the duality, wait, wait, I said, the duality of non-duality and the non-duality of duality that somehow, like, a really beautiful, authentic balance is achieved by infusing pleasure into pain and pain into pleasure, right? Um... And I think also just to bring it back to Bell Hooks, not Bell Hooks, excuse me, Audre Lorde. One thing she's saying also that I think was a good point was like, yes, pleasure is political. Yes, ple pleasure is intense and it's somehow extreme, but not at every step of the way. And I think this is also a good point here that like pleasure is also a very everyday incremental thing as grievances too. Um, and I think grievance can be, these two terms are also like, they're so broad and I think what we might feel as pleasure we wouldn't necessarily call pleasure and vice versa what we feel as grievance we wouldn't necessarily necessarily call grievance but I guess it's almost like a better term that's coming to mind here is like the big yes and the big no mm. and somehow that kind of divided or kind of um, made somehow more atomic I guess in the more everyday sense um, Another thing that was coming to mind just as I was reflecting on this topic was like the somatic or just like experiential feeling of pleasure, um, which can happen in so many ways, right? You can have like physical pleasure, there can be emotional pleasure, there can be intellectual pleasure, 
um, et cetera, et cetera. And there's, there's also like sort of different intensities of pleasure. Like one kind of pleasure is just contentment, right? Like feeling, hmm, I'm feeling relaxed. I feel like I have enough right now. I feel solid in this moment versus like ecstatic pleasure. Like, wow, I feel amazing right now. I'm feeling really heightened right now. <laughs> you know, a, a really kind of um, pleasure in, in another kind of capacity. And so it's just kind of amazing also to think about the spectrum of pleasure to this end as well, how it's, I wonder like also like another question I had that I would pose is like, what is the simplest form of pleasure or what's the bare minimum that you, you need to have pleasure? I think the most simple form of pleasure is the physiological sigh. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I've heard recently like that's, that me whenever i say i've heard something it's probably from tiktok um but there's this tiktok about a woman or like this woman was talking about how one of the most important things you can do to lower cortisol is like just sigh Mm -hmm. like figure out how to sigh intentionally because that is happening when you're you're like offloading that chemical out of your body yeah. Which is like a game changer for me, who is, you know, I don't talk about a lot, but like I am chronically ill. Like I have an illness that I'll, you know, I don't want to say I'm going to have it for the rest of my life. Like it is reversible, but like it has to do with hormones and chemicals and shit. And like that was a thing for me that I was like, oh, I can just sigh and work with my body. Mm-hmm. to like offload the things that i need less of mm-hmm. wow <laughs> interesting um <laughs> imagine very that good. very good <laughs> <laughs> well done ethan <laughs> um but i don't know i would uh, posit that as one very simple pleasure yeah, yeah. i mean maybe part of that question also is like one idea that seems to persist out there is like oh you need a lot as a bare minimum to have pleasure you need a lot of stuff or money or people whatever to have pleasure you just need your lungs at this point (laughs) (laughs) Um, you need your lungs and some snoop dog (laughs) well you need he does both in one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say something. I had a question for you, too, but I can't think of it. <laughs> well. Oh, I do. I remembered it. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. So, like, the, it's kind of amazing how little you need to feel pleasure. Also, like, I mean, this is a hell of a lot of fun. You just need another person next to you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a do-rag yeah <laughs> <laughs> for context i'm wearing like a, a bandana like headband because i did a hair treatment and my hair is oily and ty called it a do-rag it's very alanis morissette coded <laughs> does she she perverted like me does she give head like me um she's really balancing the paradigms of thanatos neros jagged little Ooh. Ooh. That's I think we have that name for our podcast Ooh. episode. Um but how little you need to have pleasure to like have a situation of pleasure. What I was thinking of also was like the word larking, which basically just means to have a grand old time by yourself. Like <laughs> and it, I think that's a really a challenge. Like I, that's something I kind of pose to myself is like whenever I'm feeling kind of blase or down or just like bland but like don't want to don't i'm kind of agitated by the blandness it's like okay how can you switch it up and like have a better time here how can you have a more and it's not just about feeling good and like saying i want to escape the bad it's not that it's like no i want to like activate i want to holy spirit activate (laughs) i want to turn things on and i want to just like become more attentive and engaged with and inspired by the situation at hand whatever it is Hmm. i think 
you know, just to bring it back to the, the season, it's giving season. Um, <laughs> there's this video of this kid who's like, and sometimes I read books and like my life is so much better than theirs and it just hurts. Being grateful is a great way to feel pleasure mm. just like stepping like giving yeah. the space in between like what if i didn't have this mm-hmm. like for example not to you know bring it back to palestine but we probably should because that's real yeah. um during like their blackout where israel shut down all of their fucking communication and internet and electricity and everything this was I think this was the weekend of the eclipse. So this was October 27th. I was in a house Mm -hmm. that wasn't mine getting paid to watch a very old dog and basically do nothing. Mm -hmm. And I had this very, you know, I don't know. I don't want to... Like, I don't want to feel guilty or feel whatever, but I felt very fucking grateful. I was just Mm. like, wow, you know, like not to make a, not to dichotomize it of like, oh, I get to be the white person in America having this experience and Palestinians are getting fucking bombed into the goddamn ground. But like there was, I was like grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, and, you know, you were talking about that today. Like, I could have been born a different person. Mm-hmm. I could have been born knowing, like, nothing of the land that I live on now, of knowing, of not having this thing sitting in front of me, of not know, like, you know what I mean? Just, like, mm. it's it's a tough line to tell of, like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not a Palestinian right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that energy. It's just, like, I got to have a shower today. And yeah. I got to sleep in clean sheets. Yeah, and I, I got to like. Here. There's a lot of privilege present. And anytime we can recognize that, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. And yes. brings a more pleasurable life from the inside out. Totally, yeah. By the way, of course, I'm glad you brought that up because that situation is at the height that it is in an ongoing matter, manner, and um, it matters to talk about that and to bring attention to that. And again, we'll leave some links in this episode for how you can support that in some tangible ways, just through some donation. Um, also, just r- since our last episode where we kind of mentioned this. Um, it's cool to see how collective attention towards this matter has made some ripples, you know, like how we give our money is shifting, right? Cause a lot of people have said, Hey, we're not going to support X, Y, Z company anymore. Right. We're I, hence also this pleasure economy, right? Like, Hey, we can feel great without giving our money to that company. Mm-hmm. We can reclaim that. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we can also perpetuate a better reality for everybody on the planet by not giving money to a, you know, an institution, a company that's going to further perpetuate the kind of belittle pleasure and maximize suffering, right? Yeah. Um, so that's been cool to see. And I, I just would encourage people who are listening to further follow up on that. Um, I think also what you were saying, what was coming to mind was like, um, like mystery, like pleasure has to do with mystery, like in, in that aspect of like becoming grateful or kind of like defamiliarizing your experience by saying, oh, it didn't have to be this way. Um, I can find great amazement and profundity in my experience simply because of the fact that it's not an objective experience. It just kind of is the one that bubbled up here, right? Like that alone is perplexing in a really luminous amazing way just to sit with for a bit right even if in like the shittiest dumps of your experience to be like well cool i'm here like Mm -hmm. and i actually another tiktok i saw was like 
it was something like um the moment where like you want to wallow in like a shitty experience but then you realize oh it's great like character development for me this is going to be important to the biography like <laughs> the plot. Mm-hmm. and that's something here too is like to have again a more like non-dual relationship with like your your general experience like the general field of your experience by saying it's almost like it's it's i find like turning it into like a puzzle of sorts is like could i find pleasure here <laughs> actually Look, that has been my mantra for the past like two <laughs> years i feel like of like could i find pleasure here and the answer is yeah bitch <laughs> there's um so... you just gotta never mind i'm not gonna say that out loud um i mean this brought to mind like um so in 1992 (laughs) uh madonna made and released her erotica album which was about people lambasted her by saying oh what a what a nymphomaniac what a sex obsessed person and fair to an extent but also like more generally like this album and like the zeitgeist of the moment was about love in mm. all of its manifestations and like that was the correct reading of it and she got really hounded for on some really wrong grounds basically um but there's this interview where like uh it's like a german interview or something and like the interviewer says to her like something and then it's translated and he says like so do you find this table attractive and she's like no i don't find this table attractive <laughs> uh but the point of the album was like and again to bring it back to audrey lord like it's not about like just again like the capitalist kind of um narrative is like oh pleasure is like only about the locality of your genitals for two seconds a night once a month (laughs) (laughs) and not the case pleasure is an erratic general like beaming thing where you can have desire and just like i guess i would describe it more broadly as like yeah just a kind of again a turned on curious attitude like i feel like the opposite of pleasure is like you know i'm not interested in that whatever i'm gonna turn away from that versus like oh say that again like let me take a closer look at that almost like becoming like engrossed in a painting or something is what comes to mind like oh like i i didn't see that detail before let me look at that again and kind of just becoming almost kind of like drunk or like um inebriated by your experience itself like do you ever have those experiences like visually like where you're like looking at something and like the more you look like the more magnetized almost like your eyes become towards the object like even like a view of like the landscape i feel like that's often when i experience it is like whoa there's a lot to see here and the more i see the more i want to see Mm -hmm. that's another aspect of desire too or pleasure rather and then also the facet of desire in relation to pleasure is like that desire is here to like perpetuate itself. And there's sort of two sides of that as well. Like you can either be in constant pursual, wanting fulfillment, wanting an end to that, or pursuing desire for its own end, right? Pursuing desire to desire again or more or differently um, without the kind of fulfillment or an outcome, right? And I think that's that's just something to reclaim or something to sort of challenge here in, t- in terms of the the script of desire or the script of pleasure that's out there is that, oh, pleasure only comes from getting, from having, from obtaining, from fetishizing. And from my experience, like, not the case. Like, it's it's really about the continual journey and, like, the building and, and declining and building again of, of pleasure. How much of your definition of pleasure is based on your definition of living, what is the word you use, aesthetically, living aesthetically? Mm. I'd say it's really connected. Um, I think to live aesthetically doesn't necessarily mean that you're having pleasure all the time, or even like most of the time. It's more just about being curious, interested, yeah, non-dual and non-judgmental. But it doesn't necessarily end in a pleasurable experience. No, it's more so like it includes palettes of pleasure along the way. Mm. But also palettes of 
Things that don't feel of so great. Things that are shitty. Yeah. <laughs> the shit is shitty. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I also my question a few minutes ago was when was the last time you had a new source of pleasure or something that like mm. kind of like I don't know you could call it a glimmer mm-hmm. or like a, something that kind of just like popped out of nowhere it wasn't you weren't like ever yearning for it or ever like mm. in search of it but it just kind of happened and you're like oh yeah, that, that felt fucking good yeah Well, it almost makes me think of, like, a synchronistic experience there, too, mm-hmm. of, like, ooh, I wasn't expecting this, but, like, the circumstances just aligned, and here you are. Um, hmm. Well, I've been putting together this um, PhD application, and actually, yeah, kind of on this topic, like, I'm almost done with, like, my statement of purpose, and I was just kind of, like, rereading it today, or, like, I hadn't been, like, reading through it until sort of now at the end and looking back on it it's like whoa that that came from me that was somehow in my mind and transmitted through my fingertips to a computer at some point and I feel like the creative process is also really entwined with this too like creating is a super pleasurable thing like when you're making something whatever it is like part of that has to do with I think this fact of like not being in full awareness of it like really just being engrossed in like a flow state to the point where you're not questioning, yeah, again, what's the outcome of this or what, what even have I done up until this point, but rather just what's the next step, this kind of continual next step, next step, next step. And yet at the end of that, it is cool to see like, Oh, that's, that's surprising what I came up with or what I made there. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. I like that question, though. What What's uh, an experience that comes to mind for you? I heard a song the other day while I was hanging out with somebody. And it just, like, it turned my brain in a way that I was like, oh. Like, I, like, I really fucking like this. And it, it was, like, mm. nostalgic in a way. But it was a song that, like... I had never heard before, but it was still nostalgic of just, like, kind of the style. And after this, I'll show you it, and you'll probably understand what I mean. But I was, like, there's, like, an experience happening right now where I'm, like, I'm hearing this song. This person is showing me this song, and we're, like, connecting over this song, and I'm, like, oh, there's something very real about this right now. Mm-hmm. like there is like it's almost like a carpet was like rolled up and it just like unfurled and was just like and here's a little thing you can mm. be happy about mm-hmm. here's a little here's a little fucking nugget of like uh-huh. something that's like cool and like represents connection and like just joy in a way mm-hmm. and like but but it also wasn't without this the seed of like I don't know, like, what it made me feel like is this tiny seed of longing for either the past or, like, something with this person. There was, like, this this unaffable, like, instance where I was just like, Mm. this is, like, maybe a core memory that's happening right now. Even at 26, like, the fact that I can be making new core memories... And not everything is just, like, a repeat and trying to get back to what being a kid was like. Mm-hmm. Was, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's been, I you know I love music so much. And, like, it's been a minute since I've heard a song that, like, flipped my chemistry in that way of like where I was like why does this sound so familiar yet it's so new Mm. like why am I I'm so refreshed by this but it feels like I've known this song for forever Mm -hmm. and I fucking that was cool yeah yeah there is something about 
pleasure also like it's foregrounded like as if you're making a core memory and i think this happened like throughout your whole life i would say like i mean obviously they don't happen often they're special right but they do well happen... they happen more as you know as the disney classic oh i can't say the word um as <laughs> <laughs> As Inside Out, as the film Inside Out. I thought it was a slur. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. The D word. I don't know the D word. We're not supposed to be... Anyway. I already said it. Okay. Um, But the... the, Oh, the... The the, the peep star, 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 star film. (laughs) Inside Out. Like... It it attacks it attacks. <laughs> it talks about the idea of core memories and like obviously it, so many happen when you're a kid because you're learning how to be a human, and you know. Um, but they do happen mm-hmm. throughout your whole life, and and I think a lot of, I think a lot of learning how to have pleasurable experiences again or like reacquainting ourselves with that pleasure, is learning how to be learning how to make new neural pathways in our minds Mm -hmm. and like figure out how the fuck we can get out of the slump of being a human in whatever job we have or whatever current situation we have and to like run towards something new Mm -hmm. and we just i mean we just don't do it normally we don't want to fucking start over at age 30 we don't want to start over at age 35 we don't want to try new things because there's the chance that we could fail or there's a chance that we just don't wouldn't like it. But mm-hmm. there's also the chance to have a new fucking memory again. And mm. that's cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean I mean it again makes me think of like I mean as a kid like things just feel special, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how your parents maybe set up like holidays or your birthday. Like you are made to feel special as a child. Like basically every culture celebrates children and says, you're a special member of our society. And we want to make a note of that and like honor that. Right. And as you get older, like for some reason, like, I don't know, we, we kind of lose that narrative that, uh, you're just, a person now like, you're a cog yeah you've you're become so a cog you've got a job now have fun making money for your the society that you live in yeah and again it's amazing how little it takes to make a situation or yourself feel special um i don't know just like simply even just like verbally saying hey i'm going to do this today i'm going to set apart some time this evening to have a dinner with someone I care about, right? Uh, that alone, just simply saying, hey, I'm, I'm worth feeling good, or people around me are also worth feeling good, um, that's a huge part of it, just, like, actually being deliberate and saying, no, we're gonna devote this time and space to feeling pleasure. This almost reminds me, like, almost reminds me, what is this phrase I say? What it reminds me of is during another war or another sort of very violent situation was I think the, the war um, of Bosnia during the Yugoslav wars of the nineties, where there was a really very violent genocide happening and the city of Sarajevo was under siege. And yet people gathered and said, there's a war happening, but guess what? We're going to meet and we're going to have a good time and we're going to honor life. And we're going to, even with in the situation of what's happening, we're going to choose to feel great or as much as we can, we're going to feel good, right? Simply because there is something or even because there's something really terrible happening and really violent and where there's immense suffering around us, um, even within that, we can still choose to feel good. And that's a hugely political act. Um, but this also extends to more ordinary situations too, I think, that feeling good is not, like, this more deep-rooted pleasure uh, 
is not really again what people who have power want right or things or institutions or governments that have power want right this is sort of this the first step in taking power away from someone or something or a society right uh, can we make you feel not good or can we give you an excuse or a reason to choose to not feel good um, and so it, it's a really fundamental way of resistance um, for that and also I just wanted to read maybe a quote from the Lord text also this is one part of it so this, I think this is a, a line that I, I've read before and that I enjoyed she says, this is one reason why the erotic is so feared and so often relegated to the bedroom alone when it is recognized at all. For once we begin to feel deeply all the aspects of our lives, we begin to demand from ourselves and from our life pursuits that they feel in accordance with that joy which we know ourselves to be capable of. And that's also then the kind of, in some ways, I guess, dangerous potentiality of pleasure that we start to demand this from everything to say... To not compromise, to not say, mm, well, you know, this isn't in alignment with me, or, well, this doesn't quite make me feel good, but I'll, I'll endure it, I'll go through it, I'll suffer it, right? And it's, I think it is true, or she seems to be kind of making this proposal that actually it's possible to feel good in everything. Um, it's not necessarily easy, it's actually pretty damn hard, but it is possible at some level to feel good about absolutely everything and to have this resounding affirmative yes, right? Um, or at least that's the proposal that's out there. And even if that's not truly a possibility, as something to be kind of striven towards, right? I think that's the kind of charge here. Yeah, like even when you feel the lack of it, you're moving towards something better. Mm-hmm. I'm just remembering, I feel like there's a lot of moments of, like, skiing, of, like, really being in, like, dire situations and being, like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah? I had a skiing experience once where I got trapped in the enchanted forest, and <laughs> my legs were, like, somehow wedged between a tree, or, like, they were in their skis, and I was maybe, like, 10, so I wasn't, like, really strong enough to, like, get myself out of my skis, and I was just, like was screaming for like a good 10 minutes and then i was <laughs> then i realized like i'm okay like yeah you're not drowning underneath the snow no anything. like i'm fine just like stuck a little bit yeah and like i just had the thought of like well someone will come here eventually or <laughs> and then somehow it was like once i just kind of like relaxed into it, it was like oh here's it's, some wiggle room like, <laughs> the fucking devil snag yeah. like you just yeah, have to go <laughs> Like Just down into relax. the slimy hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to give <laughs> money to the man who's fixing my car right now. I'm about to double snare my way into that fucking debt hole. For some reason, that scene always was like so fun for me. It was like, all oh. you gotta do is relax. Like, Ooh, you just have to do nothing. Kinky. Like,. <laughs> That's an awakening for you. I think the whole, yeah, like, the Sorcerer's Stone. The slimy and... hole where you just have to relax. Okay, <laughs> Ty, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get too uh, slimy, <laughs> do you have any last thoughts? Mm. No, I think that's about it on my front. No, I think I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's about yeah, it. And, um, yeah, and, and, uh, and, and <laughs> probably fuck. <laughs> Riley and I do this thing where it's like, I should let you go. And like, I have this TikTok, and it was like Zendaya as like a teen star being like, yep, and mm, I smell dinner now, and goodbye. <laughs> My excuse recently has been like, um, well, nice talking to you, but I should probably go feed my salamander. <laughs> <coughs> We're going to go feed our salamanders. <laughs> and that's up to you to decide Interpret. what that means. 
but thanks for listening to the Comet's Tales podcast. Bye. Bye.